welcome, welcome, welcome to Small Worlds Podcast. My name is Corey O'Flanagan. And I am Leanne Davidson. How are you, Leanne? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, you're feeling a little sluggish this morning, aren't you? Yeah, I had a few too many drinks at cocktail hour yesterday, so... Quarantining. Yeah. Guys, we got a really cool episode today. Um, one of my friends from past life in Milwaukee is joining us, Mr. Ben Phelan, who is known around the world. Around the whole globe. As a bike packer. Or as an egg tosser. Egg flipper. Flipper. Same thing. If you want to see some videos of Ben flipping eggs, check out his Instagram. It sounds weird at first, but you know what? Just roll with it. No one flips an egg like this kid. (laughs) It's pretty spectacular stuff. Um, Now, really excited. It's a fun conversation. Ben is absolutely hilarious, so we really hope that you enjoyed that. Um, The only other thing that we will say is that we've been kind of dropping some hints here and there over the last couple of months, but we can officially let you guys know, Small Worlds hosts, yours truly, we've been working on a new project, haven't we? We have indeed. It's going to be a new podcast. Um, It's going to be a bit more professional. We have producers and a website and everything. A lot of good stuff. But yeah, it's going to be... Lots of fun, and hopefully you guys will uh, enjoy it just as much as you enjoyed this one. Yeah, we will bring you more info in the in the episode that we're going to drop a couple weeks from now, but just know that it is called Forever Break. You should go and check it out, the Forever Break website, foreverbreak.com. Um, pretty new, but lots of content going to be hitting the shelves soon, so enjoy that, and be ready because we are doing season one. Um, It's going to be, I believe, 13 or 14 episodes, and everything is dropping all at once on May 26th. So lock it down and get ready to binge. We know you've got nothing else to do. I mean, we're going to be talking about all things mindfulness, self-improvement, just a lot of stuff that we've been thinking about while quarantining. And we don't necessarily think about in everyday life. We don't really know, (laughs) but we learned so much and we're still learning a lot throughout the process, which is great. It's the whole point of it. So we really hope that you guys will check that out. But without further ado, Mr. Ben Phelan. We're here with with the fucking... Egg flipper himself, Ben Phelan. Ben, how the hell are you today? Oh, it's starting right now. I, yeah. I had no idea. Right? No, we're live, baby, days. live. Holy shit, dude! I wasn't gonna. I, I love it, dude. I love it. Put a shirt on. Ben, put some clothes <laughs> on. We get that you're in quarantine, but now we're doing video. We can see it all. And we just met. It would be the first time that somebody has seen my nipples in several years, actually. So pre-COVID. I feel honored. Absolutely honored. That's not what this interview is about. They look milkable. That's something that you got to go talk to someone more professional about, okay? Oh. Uh, Let's go, dude. Let's do it. Okay, so we're we're talking a little bit about bike packing, which I believe is the technical term. That's the Reddit thread that you're a part of. Um, (laughs) What is it? What is it that you? uh, (laughs) So, talk to me about bike packing. When did this become an idea for you? Did you get inspired by somebody? Did you just say, "Nah, I'm gonna go"? Well, dude, this is. So first of all, let me just outline what my agenda is for this whole conversation so that anybody listening knows exactly what they're about to get into, all right? (laughs) Uh, Dude, that is that I think that we should, everybody's got to convert from backpacking to bikepacking. Bold. 100%. I want to hit the sales point. The well, we're gonna get there. That's uh, that's where we're going with this. Okay. All right, I want to sell. Basically, we're gonna we're gonna grow the bike packing cult. As it doesn't, you know what? Let's just let's be a little bit more realistic with our our expectations too. Mm-hmm. We don't need every backpacker to do it. Okay, it's not gonna be for it's not gonna be for everyone. All right. Yeah. But what I want people to learn today is that is that anybody can do it. Uh. You got legs. Can go bike. Oh, Anybody legs. who's got, well, you don't even need legs. You don't even need two, do you? Oh, wow. Yeah. Just do an iron bike. I don't know. Yeah. Crawl. There's so many bikes. I mean, yeah, you can Drag do the, yourself uh, on the ground. You can do this bike. That's fine. Yeah, dude. the The thing is, it's like here's the thing. Obviously, like we, like traveling is great and it's cool. It's a cool and great thing to do. Very enriching uh, to travel. Uh, Almost understated. Yeah. yeah. Wise words from Ben there. We're finished now. That's it. I need to stop, dude. I'm I'm intentionally being understated right now. Okay, good. Uh, 
And I think though that like like a a high form of like travel um, is backpacking. I think the sense of like going to a place that that you know, and when we say backpacking, right? Like we're talking usually about like a little bit more like bohemian kind of style, not going to the resorts. You're going to like you know homestays, mm-hmm. hostels. You're camping, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you're staying for long periods of time in in a region. Um, so that kind of backpacking is, is great, right? Like it, it enriches your life and it's an awesome thing. It's a cool thing to do. It's a great thing to do. Yep. Bikepacking is basically just that, just amped up even more, you know? It's like, uh, it's just a more roided out version of that. I mean, this yeah. is, you can be as vague as you want, but I know for a fact that you've posted up and slept in dugouts in baseball fields. So it's not yeah. all and the glamour really that you're talking about all the time. <laughs> Yeah, crazy adventure, you know? Yeah. And uh, what's cool, what I like about it is that kind of adventure aspect that you get with it, which is like, you know, when you're backpacking, I think you, you're you generally taking a bus from one place to another, yeah. generally, it seems like. Um, and those are those can be awesome experiences, you know, going on chicken buses and stuff like that. Yep. Riding like overnighters in Asia, like that stuff can be just kind of a fun memory and a really cool way to experience experience that sort of travel but i think uh what i've noticed in in cycling is that there's a lot of magic that happens (laughs) on those you know in between spots uh where you're not quite in the the destination yet but you're trying to get journey it's all about the journey yes exactly and and biking is kind of one of these things where i I, I would guess most people have ridden a bike in their life like most people have probably learned to ride a bike when they're quite young i think that's fair Mm-hmm. So let me ask you something about this, Ben. When- Whoops. No, 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 just kidding. Hey, I'll, let, I'll let you get that, but I just want to finish this point, though. Yeah, yeah, go. I think that I think that the thing is that when you get on a bike, then all of a sudden, like you, everybody like taps into this like really cool like childhood exuberance of freedom, you know, that you had when you were like the first time that you like backpacked out of mom and dad's house was probably on a bike, you know. Yeah. True. Um, and so, yeah. Anyways, sorry. I don't know. Is the same? Is the same true in England? Yeah, we used to. My friend Meg, shout out to Meg who never listens to the podcast. But me and Meg used to be thick as thieves back in the day. We used to go around on our bikes and knock knock on each other's houses when we, you know, from the age of eleven onwards. People been biking for years. Yeah, we all bike. Yeah. But let me let me ask you this, Ben. Just because anyone listening, um, we haven't given any backstory. Um, So where is it that you've actually biked? And you know, like, let's get into that. What gives you the right? Is what we're asking. Why can you preach? Why am I qualified to speak on this? Well, all right. Yeah. Sorry. And I know you asked this in the beginning, Corey. Uh, Did he? I think he did. He said, he's like, where did it all begin, man? Hey, the good news is this is uh, recorded, so we'll be able to test that theory in court. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see if I'm like a good listener. Uh, Yeah, I'm guessing that you're not right. (laughs) All of the yapping about yourself, you know, we've already established no, but we'll we'll carry on anyway. We have a theme. Shit, dude. I think, uh, okay, well, I got into it. So also to like the point, too, of like how – when Corey originally asked me how I got to do it, it was 2014. I was backpacking in Central America mm-hmm. and uh, I was, I had taken a one way flight to Mexico city with the intention of spending a year in Central America learning Spanish. Okay. And, and uh, about a month into that trip, I kind of had this realization of like, Oh man, I'm just kind of like bouncing from hostel to hostel. And I'm primarily partying and hanging out with like Canadians and Australians, and you're kind of on like a a backpacker trail. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I was backpacking, you know, and I was just kind of going from hostel to hostel, whatever was in the Lonely Planet, you know, or whatever. And uh, and and about a month into that trip, I was just like, I was like, dude, I don't know any more Spanish really than when I started. Yeah. Um, at the time, my sister had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. So hey. I was like, I was starting to be like, dude, should I go home? I was like, maybe I should just go home. Like, this isn't, I should be there for my sister and get out of here. And it was right around that time that I met, I met a group of guys that were traveling by bicycle. And uh, just turned out to be a groovy group of dudes. Uh, Where were they from? Bro- What's that? Where were they from? So, yeah, it was, uh, it was two brothers from L.A., Okay. Had, and, and at this point when I met them, we were in Oaxaca. So we we're like kind of Southern Mexico, getting close to Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And, um, and 
Yeah, so two brothers that had cycled there from Los Angeles, they were with a French guy that had cycled there from New York, and they met somewhere in northern Mexico. Okay. And and, I think, like, maybe Mexico City, whatever. Uh, And then then I met them, and then they were like, oh, dude, you know, get a bike, man. You know, I was kind of, like, expressing to them, like, how I was feeling a little underwhelmed by my first month in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And... And they're like, dude, get a bike and come and ride with us. And I was like, dude, there's no way I'm doing that. That sounds dangerous. It's <laughs> like really logistically hard to pull off. Yeah. And I, and I didn't bring like camping shit. I was like already like a big avid outdoorsy kind of campy person. I was mm-hmm. like, he's like, oh, my good gear for camping is like back in the States, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I'm not going to be able to get good camping shit. Yep. So I kind of wrote them, you know, just like stayed in touch with them, said goodbye. They left. And then, uh, yeah, then what happened was uh, a, a couple weeks later, I, I just kind of had a spiritual awakening. Mm, <laughs> very, very backpackery. If you will. Hey, these things happen on the road. Yeah, man. And I was like, dude, if you don't go get a bike and just find gear, like just find shit, figure it out, you know? Yeah. Um, then you're like missing a serious opportunity. So I did that. I went in Oaxaca City. I went and found a bicycle and found some like basic shit. Um, put together some of the kind of like basic gear that you need for for bikepacking, mm-hmm. and um, and then joined those guys. And then ended up cycling from from basically from um, San Cristobal de las Casas in Chiapas. Say that again. Say that five times really fast. San Cristobal de las Casas. Muchas gracias. Yeah, de nash, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I was fucking, that's kind of where it started. So started cycling out of there and then for the next like 10 months cycled down to Colombia. I think we made it to Colombia in like eight months and spent a couple months cycling around in Colombia. Awesome. And And then, yeah, pulled the plug on that and then, and then since then have done a bunch of other trips. Okay. So my question to you, I, I don't know if this is just because, um, so I've been traveling by myself for uh, five years now. Oh, maybe not yeah. now that I've met Corey, maybe four and a half. Yeah. Um, but for uh-huh. me, when I hear that, so I love the sound of that. Cause I've met a couple of guys who have done like the travel around the world on the bikes type thing. And yeah, yeah. you know, I've never met a woman who does it. It's always a guy. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm guessing that's because of safety reasons, because that's the first thing that I I hear. When you say danger in Mexico, I don't even think of the danger guys, and I think of the danger that women are in. And uh, I guess my question is for you, what was like the most challenging part? Was it the safety? Was it the physical challenge? Was it the the lack of uh, home comforts, I guess? Let's talk about the machete. Yeah, tell me what, what what was the what was the scariest yeah. part or most challenging part for you? Yeah, it's hard to like kind of. Uh, it's funny. I was like listening to a podcast this morning mm-hmm. uh, while I was doing some work. They're talking about like the oh fuck, am I going to forget? But like the remembering self yeah. versus mm-hmm. like the actual self. Yeah, yeah. The, experience, the experiencing self. That's what it is. So, like uh, for sure. I was experiencing things probably very differently as they were happening. And so as I'm reflecting back on them, I can for sure realize that I'm probably like doing it from a place of like, Oh, it was great. Yeah. There were absolutely tons of scary times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you give us a couple of examples? Yeah, 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 totally. Totally. There were for sure. So scary times, lots of sad times. Um, probably within like the first or like two weeks of leaving, not even leaving Chiap, uh, not even leaving San Cristobal de las Casas. Like we were still in that town, but we, um, uh, at this point then it was me, the two brothers from LA, the French guy and the two Brazilian guys that had all kind of merged together there. Yeah. And then we also merged with like, um, some like locals that lived in the area. Um, that were around our age, like a couple, like a club owner, and then like this chick who owned the hostel that we were staying at. Like we all decided to go um, to go camping out on this spot that was maybe like 15 kilometers outside of town. So about half of us rode bikes, and the other half like hiked it because um, they didn't have bikes. And we got there, and there was like a it was a fence, like a chain link fence, to get to this like park area. Mm-hmm. And so we started like hopping it, and then right then, like a bunch of people just started showing up. Mm-hmm. 
um, just like Jeeps, trucks, you know, everybody had like machetes, pitchforks. It was like totally a classic <laughs> mob, you know? How did they know? What was it like? Did city? What, did it seem like city folk or country folk or well, what do you think? That's what happened, dude. And at this time, dude, like my Spanish was like really shit. Piss so cool. I, didn't, I really had no idea what was going on. Dude. You're like, hola, me hago bien. <laughs> Soy americana or este americana, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what was happening. You know, I was just like trying to lead, read body language, you know, because our group of people was essentially like 10 strong. And then okay. their group was probably like 30. With machetes, uh, armed, yeah. <laughs> and aggressive. Totally. <laughs> and what, here's what was crazy is that our friends who hiked, they were on one side of the fence. And then those of us who cycled were on the other side of this fence because we were going to jump it yeah. to meet up with would you almost want to call it a border wall? <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of. Yeah, but like deep in Mexico. Yeah. Were you in me- on the Mexican side or the American side of the wall? That is the question. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, dude, it was a very international mix of us. <laughs> My side of the wall was was me, American, obviously, Brazilian dude, two Brazilians, I think, two Mexicans, and another American, I think. And then, yeah, shit, the other side was a Brazilian, two Mexicans, and the French guy. Pretty okay. good mix. And so what Pretty are you saying? Mix. So one side of the world... Oh, yeah, so what happened was, was we meet them on this chain link fence. They're on the side that we're trying to get to, and we're like, oh, we'll just lock our bikes on some tree over here. We'll hop mm-hmm. the fence. We'll camp over there, and it'll be great. So we start climbing the fence. All these people show up, yelling and screaming, you know? They're pissed. Uh, they're like very upset that's all I know (laughs) (laughs) did you break the fence uh, and then at one point like so there there's like people on the other side of the fence but really we want to get to the side that we're on like Mm -hmm. the side that we're on with the bicycles we're on still like the public side where there's the rowboat and shit we can leave you know Mm -hmm. Um, but the guys on the inside of the park side they're like kind of trapped essentially you know they're prisoners (laughs) very dramatic of you but yes dude so like everything's just happening and then and then all of a sudden like somebody grabs me and pulls me over to the there was like a doorway in the fence that that was locked but they had unlocked it a a fence door and and they put me on the, the the bad side like the inside of the fence and then take the Brazilian guy out Wow, you really? You got traded for a Spanish... Uh, well, did, did the Brazilian guys, did they speak Spanish or were they just Portuguese? I guess they probably spoke uh, a little bit. They spoke super great Spanish, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. Everybody in the group spoke great Spanish except for me. I wonder if they swapped you intentionally and they said, how about we give you this gringo? And you, you swapped yeah, us out. He, he's got money. So, he can pay. so, okay, where does this lead to? Yeah, I mean, it basically just, it, it eventually just was like, oh, and so like my Brazilian buddy who I got traded for, I was like, I was like, dude, what's going on? He's like, he's like, listen, dude, they think, they think that we're here to steal their land, you know? Uh, and uh, Just like set so, claim? Yeah. Squatters' rights. Homestead the land. You know? Wow. Squatters' rights are a thing everywhere in the world, apparently. Yeah, totally. And so they were like, we were trying to explain, like, he's like, dude, we're just trying to explain to them that we're just sleeping there for the night and they're having like a hard time piecing that together. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it eventually worked out. It was all cute. Because then we, you know, we took pictures and shit together, um, you know, afterwards and it was great. Thank God someone uh, spoke Spanish. Hey, oh, well, everyone but you spoke Spanish. Imagine if you were by yourself, you'd be fucked. That's it. That's one of the, that's what's <laughs> crazy. Totally. I mean, by the time, yeah, by the time I got down to Colombia, I was like pretty, like a lot better and much mm-hmm. more able to rock my shit. Uh, Isn't that, a bunch of shit. Don't you think yeah. that's kind of an interesting thing with um, if you've traveled in Southeast Asia or like some of those countries and you're like, oh, I like this. And then you like go back home, you save some money and then you head down to Central or South America and you're like, shit's a little bit more real. They're pretty peaceful over in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. 100% yeah. That's yeah, so you know, funny. The point, too, uh, that, you, that, Leanne, you're making about, you know, like, female cyclists and, and shit, too. Definitely, um, it's definitely, like, um, I would say a more male-dominated, like, style of travel. Yeah. Kind of the same way that, like, backpacking is, if you think about it, too. Like, there's just, 
statistically not as many like female solo backpackers as there are yeah i think that's definitely changing but even like places <laughs> like it's one of the guys that i met in australia he had um ridden his bike he's from italy yeah. and he had ridden his bike all around australia and then was going to ride yeah. back to italy but he was not allowed yeah. to fly he could only take overland transport with his bike and um, anyway, he was talking about going through the, the hills of Iran and he wanted to go through like Pakistan and all these places. And if you look up these places in the Middle East, they're so gorgeous. I would love to go there. But that being said, I'm also very aware of what it would be like to be a female, not only a tourist, but a female tourist there. And I was just so jealous. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely something that you got to think about. You're certainly more anybody, a man or a woman, is more vulnerable. Well, uh, definitely a woman more because women are just more at risk for that kind of shit. Yeah. In like countries where women are still very much citizens, yeah. Yeah. Ben, that's why that's why I've started to wear this athletic band on my head because I gotta, you know, I gotta protect it. I gotta look tough. Sorry, I'm I'm the one that can I'm the one that can throw a punch, but yet he's the he's the one that has to protect me. I'll talk myself in and back out of the situation. It's gonna be fine. But if it ever came to a fight, I'd be the one to protect it. It's important to like plug and shout out. There's like. Dude, there are a ton of chicks that I know that that cycle long distance and uh, yeah. crush. Yeah, they kill. Yeah, it's not a physical thing. Uh, it's just the the exterior yeah. environment is obviously because there's been times where I've gone traveling and I've always, even if I hadn't had to, I've always tended to go for like a shoestring budget in my accommodations and stuff when I've been by myself. And you know, I've been in times where, I, or, or like, I'm very trusting and I like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And I've been in times where I'm like, wow, I, I'm very fortunate that I've not been attacked mm-hmm. or anything there. Because, you know, if I was drunk or... Yeah, and I just think in those you kinds know? of things. Yeah. It's, like, tough because it's, like, there's really not... There's nothing you can really do. No. You know, like, and kind of mitigate and, like, manage your risk a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But... I definitely... Absolutely, like traveling, um, you know, if you're traveling across countries and across continents on a bicycle, there's a whole shit ton of risks that come with yeah. that. Yeah, you know? not just human. There's also like oh, animals. Yeah. And, oh, my God. Yeah. Up, in, up in Alaska, you know, bears and shit and yeah. wolves. Like, they're real, like, things that were I encountered all the time. You know, I'd see, I was actually just talking to my dad the other day, and I was like, it's like, man, it was nuts. Like, up in Canada and Alaska sometimes, like, it's see like five or six different bears in a day, you know, wow. just like from the road. Yeah. Know? And you knew every night when you went to sleep that like, you know, you were always kind of like right as you're drifting off, you'd be like, did I like leave anything in my tent that, you know, is there like toothpaste? And yeah. Something that might make a bear curious. Yeah. To, like, dig around. And then you kind of all of a sudden you're like laying there and you're like, fuck, dude, I got to get up and check you know yeah yeah or if you need to pee and yeah. go outside you're like, i don't so, want to go outside I'm, I'm thinking about this ben what's the if i'm thinking about if i'm listening to this and i'm like you know what this is interesting i love fucking biking i love traveling once things open back up i'm gonna do it what do i absolutely what have you learned what do i need to know you just gotta do it like anything dude. you gotta get you got boots on the ground dude you know give yeah. me some gear though like what do I absolutely need yeah. gear like, what about companies as well like do you like, want friends it's great with gear and shit you know the, here's the exciting thing with gear like uh, man we could you guys we could do a 30 hour long podcast about this by the way ben, we're in quarantine back don't, don't tempt us Ben okay cause we need some content we're a travel podcast and we ain't traveling so we need content for sure. Man, I'll let, you, I'll let you know about this kind of shit. I mean, there's a lot of... It's cool because there's a lot of, like, schools of thought in this kind of shit. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, philosophy. And what I like about it uh, that, man, you can kind of change it up depending on your trip. You know, what bike you use, what kind of gear you bring. Yeah, it depends on weather and terrain, right? Yeah, yeah. what kind of terrain, you know, what kind of weather. Um, so what I found for me is, like, uh, is just... For me, a sturdy mountain bike uh, is primary, you know. Um, Most long-distance tours that I know that aren't concerned with, like, time or speed Mm -hmm. um, generally get something that is built like a mountain bike, like a comfortable mountain bike. Yeah. That's a steel frame 
and uh, what, can just like ride for hours and hours, like very com- in a very comfortable position. What about yeah, the seat? Up? What about the seat? You're saying a comfortable mountain bike, right? So I only tried mountain biking last yeah. summer, living in Whistler in Canada, and I'd never actually tried it. But fuck me, I'd, I would go for a 10-kilometer ride with Corey. It wouldn't even be that hard of a trail. And I would have felt like I just gave birth to triplets at the end of it. Totally. That's the thing, too, because people are always like, you know, even to get back to you guys were asking like about like the physical shit of it. And it's yeah. like, people are always, because that's the thing, you don't need to be a super athlete or anything. I don't train for trips like this at all. You just go at your own pace, right? If you're, Yeah. Yeah. But your own pace and the reality is this is like if you know you're going to be riding your a bike for like eight hours a day then the reality is is that for the first three weeks that you're trying to do that like your ass is going to be like completely nuked you yeah know? oh yeah figuratively there's no way to get around that like the only way to do that is just to sit in it for that long yeah know? no there's really no way but I mean <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine that much time though. Like I was, so did you go to, um, when you were in Vietnam, did you go to Hajiang? Uh, oh, like way up north. Yeah. Okay. No, because, and let me tell you, I can tell you why, dude, because we came in, um, we crossed in from Laos at, uh, where's like the, the, what's that famous city with the French battle, dude, that they had? You know what I'm talking about? With that, they even like reference it in that fucking Mel Gibson movie. You I know? don't know. I have no idea. It's like Dien Bien Phu or some shit like that. Uh-uh. Dien Bien Phu. Maybe that's what it is. Okay. I don't know. So, there's somebody listening right now who's like screaming it and it's just like completely pissed. Hey, you sense. know what? We gave them a good feeling of being smarter than us. So you're welcome, listener. <laughs> Don't you love that when you're like listening to a podcast and either the host or somebody talking is like, what's it called? And, and you're like, bitch, fucking Absolutely. So you got to give me a couple more things that I need to know about this. Like there's got to be things that you've got to like have learned along the way or like things to watch out for. Like, I can't, there's so many. If if a lorry driver in Mexico honks honks his horn five times, it means he wants to blow it in the next intersection. I don't know, little things like that. Yeah, the rules of the road. Like they've got cocaine and and they're pulling over. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, I just need to, you know, some some, some personal stuff. Can we smoke weed on this shit? Huh? Yeah, you do sure, whatever you, you want. Ahead. We You're in Colorado, running. man. It is legal. And I have a medical card anyway, so it's fucking medicine. Hey, <laughs> mom, you hear that? He's doing it, not me, and it's legal. Yeah, yeah, and I have a legitimate doctor's note. <laughs> you don't need it, but you've got one. <laughs> Just because. Well, listen, I would love to, listen, I'd love to punch into the vein with where you're getting, but if you don't mind, dude, I, I want to swing back real quick just to, just to tap in on gear because I think there's important, I want to yeah. emphasize about gear here. That's what we're talking but about, baby. Every, everybody needs gear, not even just like, I don't give a shit about biking, dude. The thing is about gear is it's like, man, you could go to REI or you could go to like your local bike shop and you could fucking spend a shit ton of money on all types of camping shit and bike stuff and blah, 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 and whatever, dude, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you can do that whether you're cycling or uh, or just a backpacker, dude. Like, you yeah. can buy all the shit that you want, you know? It really, does it make that big of a difference? That's what I'd like people to really think about. You know? <laughs> well, no, but do you have the answer? Does yeah, it I mean, make like, that big of a difference? <laughs> because here's the thing. I've seen guys, let me tell you this, like for... There was probably like a six-week stretch in southern Mexico where I cycled with me plus six other people, mm-hmm. and uh, and we had a, we had everything in our group from like a guy who had like the the nicest bike with the nicest panniers, with the nicest camp shit. We had him, and then on the other end of the spectrum, we had a guy who. Man, he made all of his bike panniers out of like recycled kitty litter boxes and shit, and nice. like, you know, had, like you know, secondhand everything, you know, and just like his bike, he built his bike at a at like a community bike co op yeah. for like twenty bucks, you know. And here's the thing: they were both 
in the same place. They had both made it the same distance, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. They both had shit brake on their stuff often, you know? Like, the expensive bike brakes also. Yeah, you know? for if sure. You ride it long, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you don't need to, like, uh, go out and fucking spend $1,000 to get a brand new, you know, look at this sweet Osprey backpack, man. It's fucking <laughs> Sorry, are you trying to do a British oh, accent there? Only cost me $40. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like so a British server. Before, before you offend my side of the world, wow. What's that was a crappy accent. Bommy. Bommy. Bommy on me, mate. I'm wondering if you've had any um, just situations, because what, what I think of is like breaking down in the middle of nowhere, not knowing how to fix it, or not having the part. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It what, happens, you so another great thing about bicycles is that like the you know dude the thing is is like you guys know this anybody who's been to the developing world knows this bicycles are like the king of transportation yeah. in most parts of the world you know? true yeah so you know yeah certainly at times where I've broken down in pretty rural places uh, but even the most like remote places that I've broken down have either been able or people I've been with have either been able to like jerry rig something together um, or or just get a ride, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do have to say that when I went to Mexico, um, my me and my friend, we drove from Canada to Cabo. And when we were yeah. in Baja, California, um, the car actually broke down. And we were in the middle of nowhere. Like, I'm talking like this was like a neighborhood of very small houses without proper electricity and things like that. And um, anyway, luckily my friend was Spanish, like from Spain, and we went into a into a shop and she said, hey, is there any mechanics here? And they were like, oh, a mechanic lives down the road. It's that house, does nothing at all. We're all mechanics. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, no, Seriously. this is it. Well, we had to go and knock on this, this family's door. And I'm just there, like, I stick out, like, a sore sore thumb at five foot nine and blonde. But, like, you know, we're just kind of stood there, like, hey, we're obviously not from around there. And um, anyway, this lovely lady, they were clearly not from a very wealthy family. They were, you know, they were not well off at all. Anyway, she housed us for the whole day. Her, Her brother was a mechanic, but he couldn't get in there until the morning. And she yeah. like they gave us their bed for the night, and they fed us food, even though they didn't have a lot to give. Like it was just, it was so warming. So cool. It was so cool, and like you know, all I could do was play yeah. football with the little boy because I couldn't speak Spanish. But you know, it was that's just the amazing. overall experience, right? You usually run into people that just end up being awesome, but they're yeah. just there is higher risk. There's higher risk, but really, like, I felt so much... Like, no one would have helped me in England or America if I'd done the same thing. I don't think I would have had the same service. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe. Different. It is different, because in the tours I've done in the States, I've always felt this weird, like... Th- it's weird, because, like, okay, I'm an American, dude. I'm biking in the United States. I should feel really comfortable, and I yeah. should feel... Like, all right. But I feel this strange kind of, like, disconnection from everyone. It's true. Yeah. That, I don't, that I don't feel in, like, Thailand or, like, Nicaragua yeah. or, like, fucking... I guess, I guess it's like the physical exertion because literally it's going from A to B, right? And I guess, like, in countries where we're from... We, we don't really get that. Why would you make your, your time there harder? People don't appreciate the journey in everyday life. Yeah. You know how it is. It's like, I've definitely had cool experiences in the States. Too. Of course, I was yeah. Like, like, I was like biking in the, uh, like the Blue Ridge Mountains and shit in uh, North yeah. Carolina and got to the top of this like really high climb and, and all of a sudden this like minivan pulls up and like, these like four really el- you know elderly people probably in their 80s I mean like quite elderly like got out and they're just like here's a pizza oh, <laughs> that's so nice bless them and I'm like, what? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah you just rode up this whole fucking thing eat it oh my god like, that's so nice <laughs> that is awesome yeah but, and yeah well that's what I mean like I don't think in our country it's not like everyone's unappreciative but I just think there's like no. a, there's a lot more when you're in a developing country people 
know that effort of doing stuff and I think there's that general warmness of oh here's a foreigner we they might hear all the bad news but we want to show them that actually we're just like them we're normal like, yeah they're yeah. proud they want to be hospitable it's exactly. really amazing exactly it's like, in like the western kind of uk kind of american cultures it's just like it's just seen as from the side of the receiver you're like oh i don't want to trouble anyone yeah. and then from the side of them the person you're receiving you're just like oh that person's doing their shit whatever we all do our own shit and like it's all good you know yeah, yeah. but i guess the way you have to look at it is like if i meet someone who's not from where i'm from I immediately want to be like, hey, this is what people are like from England. Like, hey, do you want to try this food? Do you want to try this? Like, I want to, like, show and show off. It's not even that I'm patriotic, but I want to show off the best part of my country true. to those people. I think that's true. And I think that's true of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always, in that kind of same vein, I always get, if I'm, like, at a party or a bar or something or whatever, and I, like, hear an accent or I, like, can tell that somebody's, like, not from this place. So like, intrigued. Me too. Like, uh, weirdos, kind of, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I love it. It's so good to know, right? So, where are you right now? Steamboat, baby. Steamboat, Boat. baby. Lovely. Steamboat's pretty pretty nice view right? behind you. Yeah, you have a lot of forest behind you. You got a little creek back there, Yeah. Little babbling brook, you know. So I know for um, you know, I introduced you as the egg flipper, but you guys, I've been biking on Instagram. Get this kid; it's fucking funny. We'll we'll include that in our show notes. I, I said we'll include it in our show notes. But this is literally how I kind of know of you, Ben, is because I go on Corey's Instagram and watched your story because it's so funny. Like, he started showing me them, and I'm like, can I see his story? And it's so funny because you do such weird, funny it stuff. It was a huge him. mistake because I think she's kind of crushing. <coughs> you think what? I think she might be crushing a little bit. Oh, no, come on, stop it. I did too much pot, you guys. <laughs> There we go. This is this is why if my mother is listening, she would yeah. say you shouldn't smoke the wacky becky. Well, I gotta say nobody has quarantined as well as you have. I mean, oh, fine, dude. you are desolate. But you're by yourself as well, right? You and the dog. Yeah, I got my pooch here. I got tired. Look at it. Look at it. He's just sleeping in the dirt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that you've made him a fort, like a new bed. So, Ben, paint a little picture for me. What's one of the most memorable experiences that you had out there that you were like, if I wasn't bikepacking right now, I wouldn't have come yeah. across this? Wait, what's it? Wait, if I wasn't... If I wasn't bikepacking, if I wasn't doing oh, what I'm doing, I would never see this. Yeah. Oh, my God, a million of those, dude. But I'll tell you one that I, I was just thinking about the other day, dude, because I, I started crying the other day, dude. <laughs> I fucking I've had a moment of of intense sadness for for the world, dude. Oh. And I was like, it was like, oh man, I just miss hanging out with buddies, dude. And like hanging out. It's true. And it uh, it made me think about um, that. So I was telling you about these six other people that I biked with. It was a pretty uh, kind of like remarkable coming together. Um, we all like really formed together at this hostel called Nomada. In uh, in San Cristobal de las Casas. <laughs> <laughs> How do you still remember all of these pronunciations? So smooth. So smooth. Yeah, sorry about these places, you know. But um, uh, you know the the chick who was running that, Lauren, uh, uh Lorena. Sorry, Lorena. Um, just hey, honestly, get it right. You know, if you're not gonna get everything right, don't tell the story. Started jamming a little bit. Or at least add an ah at the end of everything so it sounds Latina. So, so Lorena Lorena had this place, BC Nomada, and uh, and it was just such like a it was a place where it was a hostel, right? Like and San Chris is like a, a popular town for backpackers and shit. And this place was specific for bike travelers though, like BC Nomada, bicycle nomad. Oh, okay. And uh, and uh, the obviously like there were backpackers there still too but if you came there on bicycle it was only like i think maybe like a dollar fifty a night or something mm -hmm. like that for a bit. and it was just a really cool it was just a house you know that had been turned into a, a hostel and um and there we really kind of had this group kind of congeal together uh it was two brazilian guys they didn't know each other they they both just met on the road 
Um, one was biking up from Brazil, and uh, one was coming down from Alaska. He had started, nice. and then there were two, the two American brothers from LA who were also their mother was Portuguese, was Brazilian, so they spoke Portuguese. Okay, uh, and the French guy who had biked from New York. So the six of us kind of all just did. We kind of came together at this BC Nomada place, and. It was crazy because it was like the perfect alignment of the stars, dude, that all of a sudden we were all there and we were all kind of these sexy, cool guys, you know? Just all <laughs> oh, yeah, you're one of those sexy, cool <laughs> guys, Don't be yeah? so modest. Stop being so modest. Seriously. You know what it was, honestly? It wasn't that we were sexy. Dude, the only thing that was sexy about us was that we were just a bunch of fucking weirdos. Were you dude. wearing spandex? Were you wearing like full spandex or anything? No. Or were you like stinky, no, stinky I, you're hobo a sexy, sexy man. You are. We were definitely not, nobody was like that kind of cyclist. We were all like biking and flip-flops and shit. Oh, okay. You know? That's how we are with hiking. We always see people with their hiking sticks and stuff and we'll do like the 14-hour hike and we'll go and do it in like a pair of shorts and a pair of like Converse or Vans or something. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so we did it all really very regularly. We just had a ragtag kind of group mm-hmm. and uh, and man, we threw, we threw a couple of fucking crazy parties at this hostel. Um... Where we get, we got a band, dude, and we got a bunch of booze, and just like we charged a cover at the door. <laughs> Did you guys ever play Russian Roulette Viagra? The cover. Um, no, dude. I mean, this this bond that I formed with these guys and Lorena. Uh, I mean, it was it was Beto, uh, Brazilian Beto, dude, Andre from Brazil, uh, Rio from LA, Sunny from LA. Those two are brothers, and then Ipo from from uh, Paris. Such a good memory. Yeah, dude. Oh man, we still keep in touch. That's the thing. So oh, that's great. We, cool. we all met at this place. We spent like two weeks there, just partying, man, just living hard, you know. And after like two weeks, uh, Andre, the one of the Brazilian guys, he was like, he kind of was really looking at this map a lot, and he goes, "Hey, you guys." I'm looking at this kind of crazy route, you know, we go through way south, we cut in along the border with Guatemala, and uh, and I think it'll maybe take maybe like three or four weeks, and it'll be a beautiful route through the jungle, and we'll end in Palenque, you know, like the famous ruin, uh, ruins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and dude, so we all agreed to it. We're all like, fuck yeah, man, let's do it, you know? And so the seven of us, dude, set out. Uh, Lorena, Lorena came with us for like the first... I think maybe week or four or five days. And then she went back cause she was like running the hostel. So she like yeah. had to go back. Um, so it ended up then being the six guys, but I mean the, the six guys of us, the, the group of us spent a month in like just deep jungle of Southern Mexico. And, mm. uh, it all ended in Palenque. So and, cool. uh, and dude, we, we kind of did this. We used to do this thing every morning. Uh, not a, maybe every morning, most mornings though. When we'd wake up, we'd eat breakfast together. We'd do a huddle. We'd get together. And we'd do these ohms together. We'd do ohms. Nice. <laughs> start the day like that every day, dude, and then just shoot off on our bikes, you know? And uh, and then when we made it to Palenque, dude, these just awesome Mayan ruins, and, and we spent maybe like a week or two there just kind of like partying and just kind of winding down from that month long in the jungle uh, together, which was just nuts. And, uh, and we... Man, the last time that we were all together, we we go and we do an ohm, and I'm not even shitting you, dude. It just went from like a kind of a regular sunny day to just like a downpour. Really? (laughs) (laughs) We all started like crying and dancing in the river, (laughs) and there were all these chicks. Like, not to be fucking you know modest here, but there were like some chicky boo boos that we had been talking to, and they're all like watching us. Chicky boo boos. <laughs> Some chicky boo boos, everybody. Whatever, whatever chicky boo boo is, they were watching. You're chicky boo boo. <laughs> no, you're chicky boo boo. I'm a chicky boo boo. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, just a really, you know, to me that like there was like obviously it's not like a specific story. It's like a month long thing that yeah. we did together. I don't know. To me, that just like really summarized that like uh, I still talk to those guys. You know, we still been texting yeah. and everything, you know, checking yeah. in with each, sending each other dumb videos. You know, I sent them a video just like a week ago, like doing some dumb air guitar and shit, and uh, just awesome. Well, that's so awesome. What about for your future then? So you've done this one. What's your next big um, 
bike packing. What's trip. coming? What's What's in the future hey. for Mr. Benjamin? I don't know your last name. Uh, it's, dude, it's irrelevant, dude. We shouldn't say it over the internet. Yes, yeah, true, true, especially now that you're smoking marijuana on our podcast. <laughs> I got a lot of stalkers out there, right? Yeah. I think that's I, fair. I'm offended that you're not asking if you're a lot, like, if you're not think, taking it seriously that we're not, like, a really big podcast because we could have millions of listeners right now. Or we might not. Um <laughs> I'm expecting that this is like Rogan numbers, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so give me your, to just kind of wrap this thing up, Like, give me your 60-second pitch. Why should we do this? Ride bikes, dude. Ride bikes. Uh, wait, 60-second pitch, why should you bike pack? All right, dude. Uh, man, you miss the in-between when you don't, you know? That's all the magic. Um, also, if you're like a green person, you're like, yo, dude, let's be green. Let's reduce it. <laughs> Dude, it's a good way to travel and like be carbon nooch, all right? Yeah. Okay. You're so good at a breathing. Carbon nooch. Have what you does picked up a new skill in quarantine? Here's my Benny's five point, uh, five point system. My dog is freaking out at a marmot right now. <laughs> I was going to say, you've only got 30 seconds until your 60 second pitch is finished. Listen, dude. Pressure. Uh, Pressure. Carbon nooch, all right? It's a carbon nooch way to travel, all right? It's very cheap as well because you don't have to, like, pay for anything. Do it yourself, dude. And relax, dude. It's full of adventure, dude, and excitement, all right? Good exercise, metabolic exercise. Always good and healthy. Cardiovascular health is a, is a leading killer in, in the Western world. A lot of vitamin D from all that sun exposure, too. Dude, he's barking the whole time. That's so annoying, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's Wait, that bad. Wait, what's your fifth point? The last point. The fifth point, dude. Fifth point, all right? Think about this, folks. Think about this, all right? There's only one chance you get to make a first impression, Okay. So when you're rolling into that cool new town or wherever the fuck you are in the middle of nowhere and you're doing it on a goddamn bicycle, you look like a fucking hero. All right? And that is a good first impression to have. You know what I mean? As Andre Agassi said, image is everything. Feel like a... Fucking fabulous. Feel fucking fabulous. I think that makes a ton of sense. Because obviously if I'm staying there, and I've never bike packed, but if I'm staying there and someone like you Rock up on just a bike. ready for a good time rolls up and you're like, just got done with about 22K, I'll could you use a beer? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, he's cool. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's, it is, it's fucking crazy. It's egotistical and narcissistic to like most. But you admitted to that at the beginning of the interview. So that's yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. We're already there. We know, dude, that it's a confident boy that we're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if anyone's listening and they have low self-esteem, buy yourself a bike. Go bike packing and build up that See, confidence. It makes so much sense. It's funny, actually, that you say that uh, to Leanne, because the so when if you think back to how I told you guys that I Funny thing is, dude, when I started bikepacking, mm-hmm. I was a backpacker and I, I bought all this shit in Mexico. And then all of a sudden, literally, I'm just boom, I'm in with a group of guys who had cycled like thousands of miles to be where they were when yeah. I met them. Mm-hmm. And I was all of a sudden just this like, I realized what I like, like how unconfident I was. Is that the right word? Or like, Low yeah. self, I was. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Like I actually remember the first day that I got on my bike with these other people who were like, "Dude, I'm talking like road dogs." You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Had, they just had the it gear all head to toe. Of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they just walked around like. Fuck it, I biked here, dude, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they were filled from the confidence cup and you drank yeah. from the confidence cup of biking. <laughs> exactly, dude. You had a and pint of confidence me. every day. So I'm like, I'm like on my little bike, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaned up, like all my shit's clean and new. And I'm like, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, he's got his arms up like he's riding a chopper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, 
But then it was funny. I was having so much fun the first hour rolling out of town. I was just like, dude, I had I had a GoPro on a stick and shit, and I was like, I was like, getting all these cool shots, and I was like, I'm the fucking man, dude. <laughs> Literally, like an hour later, we're like. You know, San Cristobal is like behind us, like a ways, and now we're in like rural fucking Mexico, dude. You know, yeah. and like people are staring. You know, they're like, "What the fuck is that little bitch doing? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that little bitch on the bike with these other people who look like they belong here, dude? You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Fun story about that, dude. That was the first time I ever grew facial hair, dude. And since then, I've always had facial hair. Because bike hacking made you a man. (laughs) And it's very strong mustaches in Mexico. Look at the benefits. Face hair, dude. Face hair. Okay, got it. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I can't grow a fucking beard, dude. I can't grow a beard. It's okay. I can grow enough. Yeah, well, look at you, dude. That's fire. It looks like you're about to jump off a wooden boat, dude, with some large hammer or something. You know? I, I, if I had a large hammer, I would do that. Um, but the water's cold, so I got to be careful. Um, dude, thanks so much for doing this with us. It was a fucking good time. That's it. Are we done? Yeah. 